It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. For the first time since February 6th, 2020, that is 16 and a half months ago, the Vegas Golden Knights are going to play a game in the Eastern Time Zone as they are in Montreal for Game 3 against the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup semifinal. Welcome into Studio 31 inside City National Arena for nighttime at noon, a full hour of hockey talk uh, on the way, focusing on the Vegas Golden Knights' attempt to get back to the Stanley Cup final. Darren Millard along with Darren Elliott, a former National Hockey Leaguer, former Olympian, longtime pro, worked uh, in the national media with Versus and, uh, of course, has uh, been part of our coverage on AT&T Sportsnet and Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, game three, tied at one. Uh, before we get too far into it, uh, I haven't had a chance to really pick your brain about the series. Um, Vegas wins the first game, score some goals, uh, lose the second game. Carey Price hasn't really been the factor yet. Uh, how have you sort of witnessed what you've uh, watched here? The first game was about what I expected. Um, maybe Montreal was a little stronger uh, in the first than I anticipated. Once the Golden Knights got to their game, uh, it looked pretty comfortable. Well, let's call it that. They were able to dictate style, pace, all those things, and, and get the puck to the net. They were able to go uh, across the ice, east-west, as we like to say, um, pretty routinely, and, and it led to a couple beautiful goals. Um, game two, surprised that uh, the Golden Knights came out flat again or that Montreal had the same kind of ability to dictate early on. Uh, we were a little bit off as a team, it seemed like. Um, but you have I gave Montreal full marks. They played a game they wanted to. They, they, they made sure that it was hard to get through the neutral zone. Um, a low event hockey. It was not going up and down. It wasn't going east to west anymore. Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, they got the uh, offense they needed. Uh, you know, that third goal was a... You know, a, a big, big goal in the, in the game, end up being the game winner. But it just, that's a big margin with, with that much time left on the clock. Uh, Vegas uh, going through the morning skate this morning and no Chandler Stevenson yeah. on the ice for the Golden Knights. And during the line rushes, uh, Pete DeBoer uh, opting for Alex Tuck between Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. Uh, Keegan Colasar eventually played uh, a lot of time mm -hmm. in that spot in game two after trying it Did out fine. with Nick Waugh. So this will be the third different uh, shot at uh, trying to get Pacioretty and Stone going in the last four periods, I guess, when you count the first period tonight. Right. So you want to keep the Misfits line together. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to disrupt them by putting Carlson up there. That would be the, a lot of coaches would just second line goes up. What you're looking for is an element, right? The element that's, that Chandler Stevenson brings and makes that trio so successful with Pacioretty and Stone is is his speed and his tenacity. Well, Alex Tuck. And the thing that I, the, the Colasar that I noticed, I thought he did a, a commendable job. Young kid like that put in that situation. He was too deferential. He, he would have the puck. He's looking for somebody. And so by looking, he's stopping. Instead of creating, it, making that next play, and that's just experience. Right? Doesn't that make sense though that he wants to defer to a patch righty and a stone? Uh, it, it does, but you can't because as soon as you do that, you hesitate. Now you're easier to check. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of players some time to to get into that mindset that 
I've got to play my game. I'm playing with these guys. I know what they do, but I still have to do what, what I do best. I, I like the... I like the thought process with, with Alex Tuck because he has the same kind of, you know, tenacity on the puck and speed, certainly, uh, that Stevenson brings. And, and those two guys need that speed to free them up for what they do best. Uh, in the second period and the third period of game two, it was Kolasar who has moved up there. And uh, the reason why I would think would fit into what you mentioned earlier about you, you want the other lines to remain intact Correct. as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So Pete DeBoer left the Misfits together and he left the third line together and only had to really disrupt one unit. Exactly. And again, he, you know, Keegan can skate mm -hmm. um, and he's aggressive. What, what he doesn't have right now is that confidence with the puck in full flight to make something happen until the other guys read off of him. He's not there yet where Alex Duck is now. We see him many, many times take the puck, create space with his speed, with the puck on his stick. That, to me, is the, the difference between Tuck and, and Kolasar in that, in that situation. Big vote of confidence for Alex Tuck, isn't it? It is, but he's earned it. I mean, you know, he's earned it. Not, I'm not saying it's going to be uh, an automatic success, but I can see what, uh, what the, you know, Coach DeBoer is thinking. I mean, it, it makes sense for the reasons we've talked about. Tuck is slaughtered to play center he did play in the dot once this year and uh, stormy asked him uh, after the, f the first <laughs> period of that game i don't know whether you're working that game or not but he, he said it was first time since 16 17 that he played center and and part of the reason pete said uh, after that particular game was uh we wanted to give it a shot take a look at it in case we ever need it isn't isn't it interesting how that works out? And they didn't stick with it long nope. term, but they 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 got a glimpse of what he could do. So now it's not the first time since he was 16. How much of an uh, edge, or, or just from a comfort factor, does that give Alex Tuck going into a pressure pack situation? Well, it takes the novelty away from it a little bit, like you said. Um, and, and and again, the coaching staff and. Coach DeBoer in particular, he did that with the defenseman, remember? Mm -hmm. Everything was going great. They're winning all kinds of games. We're going to change up our D just in case we need to. Um, so that's that's really good planning. Um, it, it doesn't mean it's going to work. It just means you're giving your team, your personnel, the best chance for it to work. And, and that's all you can really do. How much different is it for Alex Tuck to play in the dot than on the wing? Well... Again, defensively, you have more responsibility. I mean, obviously, it's like the first forward back you know, has a down-low responsibility. Typically, that's the center. So there's a bit more a bit more responsibility, certainly, than the winger. That, that's the one probably biggest thing. Um, orientation, right? So where do I get the puck on the ice when I get it? Different as a centerman than a winger, typically. Um, those two things are probably... Is there more thinking? Is there more... Th there's more sense of awareness okay um if that's the same thing i don't know or if it's just it semantics. sounds way better <laughs> a lot better like garrett garrett calloway's in studio 31 with us like that's a that's a thumbs up for for that uh, between thinking and sense of awareness you you win uh, there you go well and, and we hope it leads to a win for for the golden knights because i think alex Tuck, you're fired up you're gonna play a lot um not that he doesn't anyway but y you are now because you have to have the other guys going Right, that that's that's the piece that those guys didn't really have that much going on, Pacioretty and Stone, in Game Two. 
Uh, not going to be successful. Had a couple of chances, though, right? Yeah. In the second period, Patrick and then, hits the post, Stone right after. Right, and Stone had the one that went kind of off the sh- maybe low low part of his yeah. shaft wide. Yeah, no, no, it, it can't be terrific every game. That, that's that's not the sport. But, again, they weren't as impactful. Um, and if you have them going um, and, and pushing the pace a little bit as a trio, that helps the second line. And it just it, – it, they were just missing – you know, a little bit as a team, and it probably starts right there with that first line. Uh, you have questions, you have comments, uh, let us know how you're going to watch the game uh, tonight, uh, what you're anticipating this evening, or just want to pick the brain of Darren Elliott uh, regarding anything happening in and around the National Hockey League. The Selkie Trophy will be awarded later on today. Uh, Mark Stone is a finalist uh, going up against Sasha Barkov of the Florida Panthers and Patrice Bergeron of the Boston Bruins. Uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, on the subject of this series, Darren, yes. is, is this... For what you've seen, incumbent on Vegas just tuning in their game, or is it adjustments to what Montreal has done? In in the Colorado series, it felt like there were some adjustments to what Colorado did and Minnesota. Uh, this, to me, is more just tightening the screws a little bit uh, on, on what Vegas and being sharper. It is. Um, you want to make sure – I mean, there was – there weren't a lot of power play opportunities, zero for Montreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you need a spark there. I mean, the first game, you got the spark from the blue line. Um, so you you, you want to make sure you're, you're getting something that forces Montreal uh, to be uncomfortable. Um, they've proven in the playoffs that if they get comfortable, they can be a tough, a tough foe. Um, so typically that is make them chase the game, and that's where – you have to, like you said, Darren, just be sharper. You know, don't miss a coverage down low. Don't, don't let uh, Caulfield have so much room coming off the wall. Those, those little kinds of things um, have to be sharper. And if you can get the lead and make them chase, you should be in good shape. Boy, they've had some good looks uh, from the slot off transition, haven't, haven't they? And, and Flowers made some, some saves that I think are probably uh, harder than they appear. Right, and again, it's uh, they've got some spark that they mm-hmm. didn't have as a group, right? Right, with the young players, uh, Suzuki and Caulfield in particular, and they've got some vets that are just loving it. It's like, who expected this? Right, Corey Perry's like stalled. They're like, we just we just lucked into this. <laughs> Can you believe it? Uh, Shea Weber, you know, and, and Petrie is like we put it up with a lot of grief for a, long, a lot of years to get into a situation that nobody expected. So um, interesting dynamic on that team, and, and, and a lot of it is working. And I think those young guys, Kakut Niemi, uh, poor Joe Mick the other night had, had a hard <laughs> That's Kotkin Yemi. I did the draft where where he was uh, brought into the National Hockey League, and it was a surprise pick by Montreal, yeah. actually. Uh, but we knew he was going to be a first-rounder. And I would drive around town, like just running my errands in the weeks oh. leading up to that draft and just say his name over and over and over again. So uh, I, I, I feel uh, Joe Mix pain. Oh, I, I felt for him, too. I remember when uh, the Atlanta Thrashers traded for a guy named Nat Domichelli. Yeah. We had him on the air. Say your name, but because uh, it looked like Dominicelli, you could do pronounce it so many different ways. Um, but yeah, mouthful, and you get stuck on certain guys, you know, right? That you just can't do it. 
Joe Mick couldn't do it the other night. <laughs> but, uh, yes, Barry Kakanyemi, uh has done a good job in getting yes. in and out of the lineup. And he's been in the doghouse at times, and he's uh, played well at times. And Dominic Ducharme uh, is doing a good job of, of riding the hot hand. Sounds like Dominic Ducharme, by the way, is going to be able to coach uh, tonight. There is a uh, one of those... False tests, positive, false yeah. positives uh, for the second straight series. The opposition coach to <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knights have uh, have gone up against uh, deals with that, but uh, does uh, appear that Ducharme is going to be able to it run do- the bench. Doesn't make sense, right? That these guys would even be exposed at this point because they've been so, you know, the the protocols have been so strict. Uh, game uh, three tonight, uh, five o'clock Pacific time. Uh, Montreal will have thirty five hundred fans in that building. Big building to only have 3,500. It's cavernous. Biggest building in the world. Biggest hockey arena in yep. the world. Uh, 21,000 plus uh, in Montreal. So 3,500 uh, won't feel as much as the 3,500 at T-Mobile Arena. Right. Uh, but it's also going to be different. Like Vegas has played in front of either 18,000 at T-Mobile or uh, over 10 right. against Colorado. This, it's been a nice little run of having a, a good, solid environment. Yeah. And now you have to go back a little bit it'll be it'll be i wonder if that's uh as much of an adjustment for vegas going to montreal as it was for montreal coming to vegas and dealing with the the craziness i think it would be i mean i would if you think about it it's like okay the place is going nuts it's loud it's fun no matter we talked about this last week if you're a team or a home team that that environment gives you energy it's not going to scare you off. The other way, I would have more concern the other way, that if you're a team that's trying to tune up your game and, and come off a kind of a, eh, just an eh yeah. kind, of, kind of effort, you would like some energy in the building. I, I think energy, I, I think that will be a challenge for the team tonight, to be quite honest. Especially after the last two first periods. And then exactly. you talk about the energy. Yeah. Uh, Bill and Carol Foley created the Foley Food and Wine Society to celebrate uh, three of their greatest passions, world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and outstanding travel destinations. As a member of the society, you will have access to an entire portfolio of properties around the globe. That's uh, the world. Uh, the Foley Food and Wine Society offers exclusive opportunities to join like-minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things in life. Sounds like a great opportunity. Join for free today by visiting foleyfoodandwinesociety.com. Uh, some of your questions coming in, uh, Garrett Calloway will uh, ask those of uh, Darren Elliott. Plus, we'll get you caught up to date on what's going on on the other side of the bracket between the... Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders, and we will have that uh, Selkie Trophy conversation with the winner being announced later on today. It's nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. All right, let's get going. Game three tonight, Montreal. A little bit of analysis in the first segment. Now we're going to bring some heat uh, with some energy and some questions uh, coming in. Uh, tweet us if you want uh, to just uh, tell us what uh, your plan is for tonight's Game 3, Pivotal 1. Winner takes a 2-1 series lead. Uh, questions about the lineup. Uh, we know that Alex Tuck uh, appears to be skating on the first line tonight to start. 
between Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. Uh, no Chandler Stevenson on the line uh, on the ice this morning for the morning skate. So uh, a lot to get to tonight. Uh, and Golden Knight fans, VGK Authentics is the official home for all game-used Vegas Golden Knights merchandise from game-used pucks to game-worn jerseys and much more. Owning a piece of your favorite Golden Knights player has never been so easy. Check out all the great items on VGK Authentics uh, by visiting VegasTeamStore.com. Game 3. First game in Canada since the bubble. First time in the Eastern time zone in 16 and a half months. Uh, there was just one day of travel. It didn't appear to hurt Montreal as they traveled to the Pacific time zone for the first time and uh, probably the same amount of uh, distance uh, on the calendar. So uh, is it any type of adjustment playing uh, tonight in the Eastern time zone? I, I don't think so because it's an 8 o'clock start, 5 o'clock uh Body clock for them, circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. uh, I that's not the case. They say that's, that's circadian so rhythm, <laughs> right? Right. So it's it's like it hasn't. There's no effect, especially the first 24 hours, because it's not that it's five o'clock and eight o'clock. It's not like it's eight o'clock and your body saying it's eleven o'clock at night, going the other direction. So I, I I would say no effect, no net effect tonight. Really, there's only an hour difference, right? Uh, between when they were playing in Vegas and when they're playing in Montreal. So, but we all know that uh, yeah. when they travel, there's... Well, the travel, uh, again, those guys are used to that. Not so much lately, but uh, I think that's because it's kind of an exciting thing again. Hey, maybe even going through customs was fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not staying in the, uh, in the hotel that you have to stay in in Canada right now. And quarantine. Uh, staying at the team hotel is, is much better. Uh, tweet coming in. I love Tuck. This is from Rita. Uh, but what about him and the face-offs? I worry our numbers are not great so far. And she's right about that. Mm -hmm. Montreal has done a good job in the face-off, Don. Done better. Uh, than, you know, that was a big a big factor. But if you look at the goal, we've, you know, Golden Knights have scored twice. At least directly off face-off wins. Three, three times, three right. Times. There's five goals in this series have come straight off face-off. So... So it's a huge part. So your percentage doesn't always tell the whole story. Um, eventually, it probably is, is a good predictor. Um, but, yeah, with, with the guy that hasn't taken face-offs, uh, you're hoping to kind of neutralize things, right? That's as much as anything. Don't lose it cleanly. It, it will be kind of the, the mantra for, for Tuck going in. And wingers, we're going to have to play a big role. Uh, you've got two big guys, so that should help out. Yeah, on the support, they'll, they'll probably – I won't say have plays, but it's like, hey, if you're not going to, you know, defensive zone, you're trying to go into obvious spots. But offensively, you know, push it here, chip it there, uh, tie them up, we'll come in support. So they'll have some good good ideas of what to do amongst the three of them. Uh, the French-Canadian players will be excited about this uh, as yes. uh, much as anybody, uh, maybe more so. What about Marc-Andre Fleury? Uh, playing a Stanley Cup semifinal game in, in Montreal. It can't just be another playoff game, can it? He'll try to make it that mm -hmm. much, but he, he, he does a nice job of bringing in those personal elements and using them for positive, um, you know, positive emotion. Um, you know, he, he did play Montreal before and didn't fare that well. Um, I don't think he'll be thinking of it in those terms. I think it'll be... What a nice thing to be back in Montreal. Because of the pandemic, because of the uh, having been able to cross the border, just that ability to be that in your home province, it'll, it'll be special for those guys for sure. Do you think Vegas feels good because 
Carey Price isn't the reason why it's 1-1? I don't think they'll think of it that way. I, I would look at it the other way. Oh, man, he has one game, you know, steal capability in him. Right. I would look at it more as a threat than a wiping of the brow. Uh, Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone have a new center iceman, and Alex Tuck, uh, based on the line rushes at the morning skate. Uh, uh, William Carlson stays with Jonathan Marchessault and Riley Smith. Uh, it was interesting how the, the power play, which has been uh, much talked about, be, mainly because there's not a lot of things to pick holes at uh, with this team. <laughs> right. And we, we tend to find uh, that one little nugget, and mm -hmm. we just uh, chow down on it. Uh, but uh, they, they've been going with like lines, basically, on the power play. Uh, in the last little bit, uh, uh, just trying to simplify it as much as possible, I assume is the, is the reasoning behind that. Absolutely, and, and you're not getting, you know, it, it changes it up a little bit. Maybe you'll get some of the offensive chemistry they already have, will just translate more naturally, and you won't be looking for power play looks, quote unquote. Uh, I did the air air quotes. Yeah, air quotes, bunny ears. It doesn't really work on radio that well. Um, but uh, you should see the things that we do on radio <laughs> on the Insider Show that doesn't work on radio that we continue to do. So you're fine there. Okay, but yeah, I think yeah, the, the short answer simplify. But inside that is what are you trying to get? Well, you're trying to get looks. Well, power play looks are they different than just offensive plays? That if you're with your regular line mates, that might come more naturally. Uh, Vegas against Montreal, game three, and. Uh, the Golden Knights have been in this position once before in the postseason, uh, going to Minnesota, tied up at one, and we know how they were able to take control of that series and grab a 3-1 uh, series advantage. Uh, Montreal is a different opponent than what Colorado was, uh, almost a hybrid between uh, the Avalanche and the Minnesota Wild. There's some size there. There's some speed there. Uh, but they don't push it as much as either one of those two teams. And that's the part that uh, that is the battle is – trying to uh, escape getting lulled uh, into this uh, fall, either false sense of security or uh, out of your game plan. And Montreal is really successful at that. They don't want much to happen. Right. Right. And it's like the fewer chances at either end, the better. They'll take the lucky bounce late and they'll play for that. And that's not really how the Western Conference, certainly the division this year, it was more up and down, let's go, let's go, let's go, push the pace. Um, the best teams play that way because they have the ability to do that. Montreal isn't there in terms of their skill level, so they're really done a good job of slowing things down. Um, but again, when you look at how did Vegas change the series against Colorado, to me this change is the same. Get pucks behind the defense. I know they're bigger. Mm -hmm. uh, that Montreal Canadiens def defense, but they're not as mobile. Um, so it's not so much as it was against Colorado, put pucks behind them and punish them with the, the hitting. It's get pucks behind them and turn it into a skate chase because we Pressure. should be quicker. It, it's not a, so much about taking a chunk out of a guy each time because it, it, it might not really gain you anything because of the size of those guys. But turn it into a foot race – constantly so the, the net result ends up being what the same get pucks behind them wear them down control the pace uh, second and third periods have been the best for the golden knights in the opening two games in vegas so one thing that we did see uh, a lot more of in game two 
was trying to stretch the ice and and those stretch passes uh, from deep in the Golden Knights zone uh, onto the other side of the the center ice line uh, for the Golden Knights. And what did you see? What's what's the goal of that compared to? what they were trying to do, which was shorter passes and, and a quicker transition out of their zone against Colorado. Well, the Colorado, they had the, the million-dollar flipper, though, over yeah. the top. Here they're going, trying to do the same thing. It's like, okay, let's back them off. One thing Montreal, I thought, did a great job of, they were they didn't care. They, they would they would put a guy standing all the way back on their blue line. They weren't going to let anybody get behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've, they've learned that. That's maybe from the other series. Um, they're built that way anyway. They're pretty conservative in, in how they approach defense. If you're the Golden Knights, you're trying to create some space so that those big D can't get up on you before you get speed. So you're trying to create speed with those stretch passes. Uh, you talked about low event hockey and the fact that uh, that Montreal is in a better spot, they can counterpunch, right? Like they, they're that's their strength. Yeah, I mean a big D, they box out well, hard to get into the middle. Um, you look, even you look at the goals scored in the first game, they were east-west passes. There, there wasn't a lot right in front. There's not a lot to be had there. Um, so when those pucks are deflected or controlled through the corners, yeah, the forwards can get up from the blue line, defensive blue line. Montreal gets going pretty well from there. You know, it's been hard, uh, Darren Millard and Darren Elliott, uh, here with you on Nighttime at Noon, uh, looking forward to tonight's uh, Game 3 between the Canadiens and the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Winner takes a 2-1 series lead. Faceoff is at 5 o'clock Pacific time today. Uh, so, uh Work your day, your schedule accordingly. <laughs> the pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas coming up at 4 o'clock. Uh, uh, the, the, the Golden Knights were better as the game went on uh, mm-hmm. the other night. Uh, but when it comes to just getting your game totally in gear, uh, is that incumbent on the, the blue liners to make uh, better passes right away and crisper passes and uh, the forwards being like, – I'm trying to find uh, a way to properly evaluate why a team has trouble and is not sharp in the first period and why a team is. Well, if you looked at what Montreal did, especially the first game, I thought offensively they were crisp. Mm-hmm. The second game, it was more about they were energetic. They put a lot of pressure on our defense, and our defense couldn't make those pa- So it became zone time, um, and, and they got the goals that they uh, kind of coveted uh, with that start this time, Montreal. It's really just about who's coming out with the right amount of energy to get something done. That that's really it. We haven't been that energetic mm-hmm. um, from the. So the meat phase. grinders tonight could be a key. Yeah, I mean that's it, it, in theory that's why Coach DeBoer always started them to get the energy level where it needs to be right from the beginning because it hasn't been. Uh, would you start Stone's line uh, right off the bat and force Dominic Ducharme to chase? Uh, the matchup with last change going to the Canadiens, or would you go meat grinders just because of the energy factor? Well, it's a good one. You know, it's a good question. I, I, I would probably go with uh, because they're going to have energy with Tuck. He's going to be flying. I would start. Right. I would start that line um, because you've got the misfits line that that creates them. Then you now have, start in a position of 
of strength from Pete DeBoer behind the bench. A Selkie Trophy will be awarded today. This could be a massive day in the career of Mark Stone. Uh, game three against the Canadians, uh, an opportunity to take a 2-1 series lead in the Stanley Cup semifinals, and the award uh, being handed out for best defensive forward uh, just prior to puck drop is when uh, we're expecting that one to be unveiled. We'll get into uh, that, plus uh, Tampa Bay and the New York Islanders, the winner of Vegas and Montreal faces the survivor of Tampa and the Islanders. So we'll uh, touch on that one in just a little bit as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Jared Justice keeping us entertained during the uh, breaks between the show. Playing the music coming back. Uh, Darren Elliott likes that. Oh, yeah. What kind of jive was that that you were doing? I don't know. Chair dance. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett Calloway also with us uh, here in Studio 31 at City National Arena. Game three tonight, uh, Montreal and Vegas. So winner takes a 2-1 series lead uh, in the Stanley Cup semifinal. The other side of the bracket uh, involves the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. And the Bolts have won back-to-back games to grab the edge against the Islanders in a series that has been blah to street fight to meh. Well, <laughs> those are, that's my description well, of the three and, games. And, Very technical. And, and guess what? Tampa Bay Lightning proving again they can win in any of those three ways. Yes. <laughs> they didn't win the first game, but they any kind of style, brand of hockey you want to bring, they seem to be able to adapt and, and flourish, and, and they did the last two nights for sure. If you were sitting here and you say, I, I, I am sitting here, <laughs> uh, and you were evaluating, because I'm trying to phrase this properly okay. to not get anybody into trouble, uh, <laughs> who would you rather play, Tampa Bay or the New York Islanders? I personally sitting here because I don't, you know, it's like it's not going to matter what I say, but, but from a hockey perspective in terms of watching, and you're talking about this defending Stanley Cup champs, I want to play the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. Up and down the ice. Who do you think would be the easier opponent? I, 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 and I say that, I don't know whether there is. There isn't because easy's not – it doesn't fit, certainly, which is the better matchup, mm-hmm. uh, those kinds of things. Tampa's um, exciting and fun and, uh, well, and to, energetic. And, and the champs. And the Islanders are – they can grind you into oblivion. They've yeah. got a coach that uh, can make uh, adjustments upon adjustments upon adjustments, and they've got great goaltending too, mm-hmm. uh, and some, some game breakers. So I, I don't but know. They don't have great goaltending. They, they have very good goaltending, right? I mean, Tampa has great goaltending. We have great goaltending. And Montreal has great goaltending. So they're, they're – I mean, to me, they're, they're the fourth – Mm-hmm. Uh, Montreal Islanders about the same to me. Um, same kind of teams. They don't. They don't want to play with pace. Um, the thing about the Islanders is they're much more advanced in their identity than Montreal. Montreal is making it up as right. we're, we're witnessing it. Right? It, it's evolving right in front of us. The Islanders know who they are. Know what makes them good. Know what makes them effective. Um, and they. They're, they can be a difficult foe for sure. It's almost like uh, the New York Islanders would be the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, and very much so. The Tampa Bay Lightning would be the Colorado Avalanche. Exactly. That's very, very well. See, you did that. that Look at you. Thank you. Got we, no one in trouble, we, I we hope. Nav- navigated uh, that a little <laughs> bit. Uh, the Selkie Award is going to be uh, unveiled uh, today. As uh, the recipients, we have the choice of Mark Stone 
Sasha Barkov and Patrice Bergeron. Three very deserving winners if uh, if either one of them, any one of them, uh, receives it Stones or if there's a tie. Barkov's a center as well, right? Is yes. Like Bergeron. Yeah. That's uh, always an advantage, seemingly. Uh, what I've always said would hold Mark Stone back <laughs> is uh, point production. Because there's all there's right. an element of you have to be uh, borderline elite in the National mm-hmm. Hockey League in producing goals and uh, and assists. He did that this year. He was top ten in, in point did. production, and that to me was holding uh, him back. He overcame that this year. I'd be surprised if he doesn't win. Yeah, see, I'd be. Su- I mean, watching him mm-hmm. as we, we up close I, I, in this season, didn't see the other teams as nearly as much. Um, I've always uh, admired Barkov's game, um, but again, he plays in Florida. Like, yeah, whatever. You know, it, it, like it was always kind of an Ill- irrelevant. He's a, the yep. best player on a very poorly run team. Um, so, not nothing against him, but you didn't think of him in terms of these kinds of awards. And then Bergeron, on the other hand, you know, with playing on the perfection line in Boston, long time. Uh, you know, elite player has the cred. Maybe he gets recognized longer than he should. You know what I mean? Like he he's gained. Maybe he should even be a candidate now. I'm not saying that that's the case, but sometimes you are just given that respect because you've earned it in the past. To me, Mark Stone should win it. I saw him a lot. I saw he's always been considered um, one of the more elite. Defending forwards, um, so a little bit of a homer, Cox. I saw him so much and, and got to admire his games up close and personal. I would think that Barkov's going to win it. Unfortunately, uh, Bergeron would become the first five-time winner of this Selkie Trophy. Uh, this award is the toughest one to select. Based on on this year, not seeing exactly. all the teams in person. Exactly. Uh, I think you can do some numbers, run some numbers on the on the Vesna uh, MVP Hart Trophy. Uh, Connor McDavid did enough there, uh, but the Selkie Trophy, I you have to you have to have eyes. Well, it, it's on the more range. subjective. Yeah. My my explanation, if it didn't prove anything, it proved that. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't come up with a way to say it's subjective, right? Barkov, because of the environment he played, he's been great for a lot of years. You know, as one of the best two-way forwards in the game, nobody give a gave a. Rip. You watch every Florida broadcast <laughs> when the other team goes in there, and at some point during the night, uh, an announcer will say, "Most underrated player in the National Hockey League." <laughs> right, that, and it's because not, of that. It, and anyone who's in the game knows him, but because he plays in Florida, and there's not a lot of there yeah. hasn't been a lot of reason to watch late in seasons or at all. Um, it's just kind of overlooked. Whereas Bergeron, Boston, Original Six, won a cup. The perfection line, Team Canada, he might be getting props that maybe should have gone away a couple of years ago. Right. You know, and and whereas Mark Stone's just like you said, incrementally gotten better, better, better. He should win it. Maybe it's because we saw more. Maybe it, it is the most subjective award for sure. Uh, and uh, here's uh, what concerns me about the voting on the Selkie Trophy is I watched uh, the Coach of the Year be announced yesterday, and I. I've did a little deep dive into all the <laughs> Not you. Di- different different people that got uh, some attention. Yeah. All right. And it, it's the it's our 
our folks, the broadcasters, that, uh, choose the Jack Adams award right. for Coach of the Year. So uh, when I criticize here, I'm criticizing the broadcasters, uh, our, our peers. Um, the Rod Brindamore, I think, very deserving Coach of the Year. Uh, but the fact that Jared Bednar and or Pete DeBoer weren't a finalist oh, yeah. uh, was a travesty. One of the two of them, uh, when you have finished with the best record uh, in the league, right. uh, tied for the most points, should be a, at least a finalist. Uh, Pete DeBoer was seventh, uh, which is uh, unfathomable. And and it's not just about that. It's about who got attention. DJ Smith from the Ottawa Senators got a couple of votes, didn't make the playoffs. Yes. So that was Garyock and who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, and you're not wrong there, Garyock. No. Uh, uh, Ottawa Sun. Aut- Ottawa uh, Sun, long-time uh, beat reporter. Love him. Yep. But, but And, and uh, wildly, Ottawa finished with one less win than Montreal did this year. And so I, they did overachieve, mm-hmm. but they still make the playoffs. So you can't, you can't get a coach of the year attention. No. When, and David Quinn also got uh, a couple of votes. And not only did he not make the playoffs, he got fired. Uh, so, uh, like, the, so when we're looking at Larry Selkie, Brooks, do you think Brooksy can vote? I don't know if he had that vote. We uh, we we talked that uh, that Mark Stone should win the Selkie, but then I look at what our peers did, right? And and the fifteen coaches, Darren, received votes for Coach of the Year. There's only thirty-one teams. <laughs> yeah, media. Again, maybe part of it is just that familiarity this year. Right, you only Maybe. See, you know. Let's let's hope. Let's hope that's the reason. That doesn't add up much, but that's the reason why I think Barkov is going to win because of what you said. I didn't see him much, but guess what? We always say he's the most underrated. Mm-hmm. Most underrated. We've been saying it for years. Let's take that moniker off, and that's that's my sense this year. Uh, we will watch uh, with great interest. Could be a, a, a historic night uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. So with Mark Stone yeah. knocking on the door again, uh, and uh, what at times he was closing in on top five in in league point production. So I think he did his part. It's uh, I it's just love watching him play hockey. Yeah. Period. Uh, the expressiveness, and you know, he got first star of the week and was uh, part of the top three stars of the week a couple of times this year. I thought that would put it over the top. <laughs> we'll see whether whether it does yeah, because it puts I it hope on the, it does. Uh, the, the radar uh, a little bit. Uh, we'll take uh, another break and we'll come back and turn our attention over to uh, what's going to happen tonight in Game Three, Montreal. And Vegas, a winner takes a 2-1 series lead. We'll also uh, tell you about the watch party that's going to take place tonight. And uh, and we will also offer some predictions, uh, maybe not in the score, but uh, just uh, to watch out for something. It's the uh, nighttime at noon. I was going to say VGK Insider Show, but it's nighttime <laughs> at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Oh, we've got uh, some breaking news coming out of the Stanley Cup semifinal between Montreal and Vegas. Series moving to the Bell Centre in Montreal. And the Canadiens coach, Dominic Ducharme, had a uh, test irregularity. Is that the way you want to phrase it? Uh, that's what I heard, and that's how I read it uh, earlier this morning. When don't it came to COVID. It, yeah. yeah. Don't know what that means. Uh, now there's subsequent reports uh, from a bunch of the insiders uh, that Dominic Ducharme has indeed tested positive, waiting for official confirmation of that. But if uh, Dominic Ducharme, the interim head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, taking over from Claude Julien uh, midseason, and uh, it was Claude Julien and Kirk Muller who were let go. Yep. Uh, now Ducharme, if he 
is indeed positive for uh, COVID-19 uh, would not be uh, on the bench. And you would leave it up to the two assistants are Luke Richardson, former National Hockey League defenseman, uh, did some uh, head coaching uh, with the Ottawa Senators minor league yep. affiliate and actually coached there for four years. Uh, and Alex Burles, who is in his, like, just cutting his teeth as, as a coach, yeah. uh, came up from the American Hockey League team in Laval when they made the coaching change midseason. But uh, that's uh, – that you would think if Ducharme's positive, then he's out for the rest of the series. That You would. That's a bizarre uh, twist, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, and, and he's been good. It took them a while to get to play the way he wanted them to play. Uh, and it's all kind of come together for the Canadiens. Uh, that would be an interesting wrinkle. I, w- I would assume Luke Richardson would take over making the decisions. He has the head coaching background uh, at, that you spoke of. But, uh, yeah, just nonstop, uh, the, always hovering in the background, COVID-19. You know, it's uh, impacting the, the day-to-day and, and still impacting uh, the number of people allowed in the, in the building, uh, the center bell. I'm trying to uh, find out. And, and come up with some kind of uh, hierarchy, org chart, uh, because if Ducharme's out, Richardson takes over as head coach, and Burroughs is the assistant coach, you, you have more than two coaches on the bench. Yeah, th- nowadays you do. Uh, uh, you, so whoever's up in the uh, booth comes down, you know, whoever's the eye in the sky. Is um, it the – but they, that's all they had, the video coach, uh, Mara LeBlanc. Uh, well, and he's, they, not, he's not leaving his keyboard. No, and if that's – it could be down to that. Right, because you know, maybe maybe you have to have one of the uh, Joel Bouchard is the Laval Rocket head coach. Might go behind the bench, right? Uh, he he might uh, pop over, but uh, that's a that's a trend. We we saw what happened uh, midseason when Vegas had the the COVID uh, situation <laughs> right. and Kelly McCrimmon and Manny Vivros and uh, the Henderson Silver Knights uh, uh, group uh, ran the bench for a game. But now we're talking Stanley Cup semifinal. As an athlete, do you think it it's got to make a difference? At this stage, at this moment, I don't. To no. me, again, former goalie, no bearing on my <laughs> mindset. <laughs> Coach, yeah, whatever. Uh, did he did he call my number? He didn't. Uh, that, that's about all I would assess. But there's some real mechanics of it in game, certainly. Um, and, and you have to make decisions. You have to follow the opposition and what they're doing. So so it's. It's a storyline of, of, of import for sure. Uh, we will follow that one. We have the live stream coming up uh, today at 4.30 on all the VGK social channels, and we'll have more news on Dominic Ducharme's status. Uh, reports are that he's uh, tested positive for COVID-19, the Montreal Canadiens' interim head coach, uh, which would leave him uh, out of uh, – uh, consideration to run the Canadians bench in this crucial game three and going forward in this Stanley Cup semifinal series. I want to play one cut uh, for you today uh, from morning av- availability, and it's uh, DeBoer uh, talking about uh, Chandler Stevenson and the fact that Chandler Stevenson wasn't on the ice for the morning skate. You know, it, it, uh, it tests your depth, but it's no different than them playing yeah, okay. without Petrie in game one or you know, John Merrill in game one, everybody is facing injuries and, and guys in and out of the lineup or playing hurt this time of year, you know, home road, you have last change, you don't, you have to find a way. So, um, you know, I, I think, 
we're prepared to deal with that. We've dealt with injuries. The guys we got through the first round without Max Pacioretty until game seven. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not the first time we've had injuries or things like that. We had Braden McNabb on the COVID list for two weeks during round two against Colorado. Uh, just another one of those little pieces of adversity that you have to deal with on the, on the playoff trail. Uh, no word on Stevenson's status going forward other than game time decision and uh, and will be evaluated on a day-to-day basis. But this will be a, a second straight game in which Stevenson does not go for the Vegas Golden Knights and Alex Tuck slides into that uh, number one center ice position between Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. Uh, when, when you have players that haven't played together a lot, although Tuck has bounced up, uh, more so this year than any other year. Uh, how long does it take for them to find their groove together? Because Nick and I say that because Nick Waugh the other night was doing some, taking the same routes as Pacioretty and just uh, you're playing with different guys and sometimes you're just in a in a spot where it's redundant. And this will be an interesting one to to look at. It will, but again, Chuck skates more like Stevenson. Hmm. Wah skates more like Pacioretty and Stone. You didn't get that elevated speed uh, component that has made that line so so successful. So I wouldn't expect Tuck to be in the same spots as Pacioretty because Tuck gets there quicker, and and, and so you'll have that spacing more more naturally. I, I think um, I I expect Alex Tuck to have a big game, whether it's a one goal, one assist, or or two assists, but something off the forecheck, something that gets his skating ability creates something for the other two guys. I expect to see that, and I, and I expect to see it early. And the deference that you talked about yes. uh, with Kolasar to the other two shouldn't be there with Alex Tuck. No, it won't. He'll, if the shot's there, he'll take it. Um, we, we know that. He's not going to look for the extra play. Um, and he's not going to be looking for where are those guys. I have the puck. Where are those guys? That's what I found with, with Kolasar. He was just, you know, being you know, so young in his career, he wasn't willing to let them find me. He was always looking for them, and that slows you down. Boy, Alex Petrangelo has been magnificent oh. uh, in the last uh, number of games. Uh, best player on the ice in the against the Colorado Avalanche, uh, according to Pete DeBoer. And then in the first two games here, uh, we'll see if that continues. But uh, that's been a, a strong aspect on the Golden Knights side. It has. I, I have to – I mean, he was okay all season um, for lots of reasons. Injuries, um, we're seeing now – why they coveted Alex Petrangelo. He has been spectacular in, in his efforts, and, and I would expect that to be there tonight too. Isn't it funny? Uh, you've watched as much hockey as anybody yep. I know, and you still, when you get to watch a player, an athlete, on a night-to-night Cur- basis instead difference. of three times a year, four times a year in person, how much you uh, uh, evaluate their game. Sometimes it goes the other way, right? <laughs> but but in, in this case, it yeah. certainly like it grows on you, and you're wowed. It was because he never wowed me in St. Louis. He was very good, like you said, watching him six times a year, whatever it was. So, what's the difference? What 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 do you think wins you over here compared to seeing him three times a year? I didn't realize how much of a driver of, and I'm sure the analytics guys could have told me this, um, of offense. He's up the ice, but he's not out of position. But he's up the ice every chance he gets. I didn't I didn't realize he was that offensive minded. Uh, he covers a lot of oh, ground. Oh, does he ever? Doesn't he? he? 
Put the tracker on him and see how many yeah. miles he skates in the game yeah. because he is all over the ice. And he can get back. He can That's chase right. you down. Exactly. Uh, if if there is a turnover, he doesn't mind a back check. Right. He doesn't no. doesn't need to get himself all turned around and be in a you know traditional defensive posture facing the guy. He'll be a back checker. Uh, we will see who coaches the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> tonight. Yeah. I don't think I've ever said that before a Stanley <laughs> Cup semifinal game. Wonder who's going to coach the uh, the Canadians, uh, that uh, historic franchise. The Golden Knights trying to take a 2-1 series late. Uh, the VGK pregame show coming up on all the social media channels uh, tonight at 4.30. And, of course, the game and the pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas at 5.00.